Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with the real facts and the real stats about our local market. Well, you wouldn't go into a, uh, I think we have to say, a virtual football game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. So um, to provide you with the information on how we do it, every week we have different guests. And because we are celebrating the in the month of April, Fair Housing Month, and the National Association of Realtors is really, really big on that. We have a very uh, diverse group today. I say diverse because we have four different guests. And um, we're all, they're all calling in, so we're practicing the good coronavirus uh, rules. And um, that's something I, I'd like to talk about with the first two guests. First of all, I should uh, introduce them. It's Lionel Akpovi and also Jeffrey Hess, both realtors here in the Valley. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us on, Don. Ah, you betcha. Lionel, why don't you tell us first a little bit about yourself so our, our guests know your experience and what, and what uh, where you're from? And... Yeah. Okay. Um, my name is Lionel Akpovi, and I'm a broker of record for Rebel Real Estate Group. Uh, I've been in the real estate industry over 10 years now. Um, most of my career was primarily in the property management aspect, but uh, over the last few, last several years, I've uh, uh, dove into the uh, sales aspect as well. So I've been doing real estate for some time now, and uh, I enjoy it quite, quite a lot, and I think that's why I'm still involved in it. But, uh, yeah, that's a, just in a nutshell uh, about my career at this point. Well, well, just one thing you said tells me you must be a very brave person. If you got in to real estate in 2010, you have to be brave because that was not a great market. You're absolutely right. It wasn't it wasn't the easiest time to transition into that that industry, but you know what? I learned a lot through that period and I think it's prepared me for everything at this point. I agree with you on that. I feel sorry for the people that got into it in 2004 and 5 because they were spoiled. <laughs> they, if you get in in 2010, you had to learn how to work, and, and obviously you did. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Hess, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning, Don. And uh, I'm a realtor here in town. I transitioned a couple of years ago after a long career in media where I decided it was time to put those skills to work, helping people improve their lives, the, the lives of their children and the lives of their community through home ownership. So I'm I'm happy to be part of this industry now. And it's funny you mentioned the 2004-05 range because uh, I've never worked in a recession. So I'm looking forward in the next six, nine months wondering how it is that as a relative newbie to the industry, I can continue to make money when times are difficult compared to the last couple of years where it's just been absolutely great. You, you just set me up, you pitched me a softball. So I got to tell the story about a re what business is like in a recession. I called during the 2008 through what, 2011 recession. I called my dad up in the beginning. I said, man, I'm getting scared. I said, uh, what was it like during the Great Depression back in the late 20s and 30s? He said, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, don't worry about it? I just lost a whole bunch of escrows. What, you know, he said, a recession or a depression means that half the business goes away. As long as you're in the top half of your industry, you'll succeed. You'll get your share. 
that ended up being great advice. And that's advice I give clients too, that, um, you know, as long as you're in the top half of being well-prepared, uh, you're going to do fine, even in a recession. And um, I'm going to throw some numbers out there because we're all, including me, <laughs> thinking recession. And yet the numbers don't justify that yet. Notice I said yet. So, um, <laughs> Jeffrey, let me throw this one at you first um, and give me your take on it. The actual solds for the month of March in 2020 was 523 for the Fresno Clovis market. So then I went back okay. to um, uh, last year, March uh, of 2019, and it was 595. So yeah, we we slipped 72 sales. Doesn't it's not earth shattering yet? What what's your take on that? No, I think that's a pretty good estimate of, of where we're heading into is not the kind of collapse that we saw 10 years ago because the forces are different. I also think we benefit by the fact our federal government has acted with pretty remarkable speed to put money in the hands of people. When this all started happening, one of my big concerns was I work with a lot of low-income clients, and sometimes it can take you know a year or more to get that down payment together. And I was really worried a lot of people were going to chew up that saved money to get through this uh, pandemic situation. So mm -hmm. I think with the, the cash that people have been given access to should uh, go a long way towards helping folks that were ready on the precipice and making that decision still be able to do it when they're able to get out and start looking at houses in person again. All right, excellent. Lionel, what are you seeing? And, and what would be your take on that? A slip of 72 homes for the month of March. Okay, we're we're missing Lionel on that one. Not okay, even. Oh, now we can hear you. Okay. There you go. Um, I, I think I agree with with Jeff. You know, and, and with his point, you know, it's too early at this point to determine if there's been a direct impact on these numbers based on the coronavirus. And if if you think if you look back at when the shelter in place started back, I think around March 16th. You know, obviously the the, the impact I think we're going to probably see in the upcoming months. So as long as, as this thing progresses, you know, what's going to happen in April? I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the April numbers are, you know, and, and believe it or not, people are still buying homes. People are still listing homes for sale. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next month or so as this thing continues to progress. So excellent point, Lionel. So t for all our listeners out there, buyers and sellers, how are how are they people still buying homes what what procedures have we had to go to so obviously there's been a lot of adaptation that's been required you know with shelter in place you know especially since essentially initially uh realtors were not considered essential so most people could not go out and show homes um so that was that was a big concern uh, once uh, we became essential and we were allowed to show homes, I think many agents have adapted in how they showed homes, whether that's through virtual tours. I know that many agents were doing virtual tours. Um, I personally were, you know, I'm still able to show homes, but I try to be very cautious. You know, I have family, I have little ones at home, so it's very important for me to protect them as well. So with that being said, I take my caution as I do try to schedule showing, and I make sure that, 
you know, if I have a client that's very eager to see a home, I don't want to necessarily tell them no, because at, at that point they could simply go to somebody else. But you still want to take your precaution, you know, whether it's providing hand sanitizer to showing, um, keeping your distance, you know, wearing proper gloves, uh, having the mask. So all those things are important uh, because at the end of the day, if someone wants to buy, you cannot simply tell them, well, I think we need to wait till after the coronavirus to, to, to do a transaction. So it's very important to still provide the service, uh, but just be very, very precautious. Okay. And I like that word you use. Uh, realtors and buyers and sellers have to be adaptive or another right. word would be resilient. We got to figure there it out. Um, so, uh, Jeffrey, here here's one. Here's a statistic that um, seems a little surprising <clears throat> because it actually went up, not down, from March of 2020 to from March of 2019. And that is the sale price to list price percentage. In 2019, 19 for the month of march the average list price or sale price of list price was 99.3 so people are getting we're getting 99.3 percent of what they were asking for and that's in the first 30 days of a listing now this year it actually went up to 99.7 so that even seems like a tighter market could could that be because there's a perception that there's fewer homes on the market and then, therefore, people feel like that paying the asking price is the right way to go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely that perception there. There's certainly uh, the perception I get that people feel like if I don't act now, then things are going to be worse off in a few months and the opportunities that I have aren't going to be available there. Uh, I also think there's been a bit of a correction in the perception of sellers who looked around at the prices of homes and and thought, oh, wow, that's wild i never thought i could get that much money and then a little bit of uncertainty will really reframe people's mindset to think well let's list at a more achievable price than such an aspirational price that's a good point excellent and um yeah so sellers are thinking hey um it uh it might be a tougher market than we thought so we better be realistic well, and I think it's important to keep in mind that even under the, I don't, you know, the phrase realistic of maybe let's list 5% less than what we were expecting, you're still up based on where the bottom of the market was. So even if you're listing a little less than what you were hoping for, you still should be in an equity position. Mm-hmm. In fact, the median sales price between the, uh, the two months, or March 19 to March of um, 2020, it went up 10,000 from 280 to 290,000. Yeah, so if you listed 5,000 less, you're still you're still higher. Right, and it, you know, real estate these are long-term purchases and, you know, your house and the land you buy is going to be around much longer than this crisis. And now that we're all in a shelter at home, I think we all appreciate the fact that we hopefully we picked the right home to be living in since um <laughs> Those four walls are sure, uh, uh, you, you better be comfortable. Um, well, Don, and I'll tell you, we just, my wife and I bought our first house, and we closed three days before the shelter-in-place order went into place. So I'm, from my lived experience, I'm telling you that it's still possible to do house transactions and that it makes, if it made economic sense for you before, 
this pandemic happened, there's a good chance it's going to make economic sense after it clears up. You know, I heard that. And congratulations to you and your wife and you. your baby for uh, buying yeah, your home. Yeah. yeah. All right. He's, uh, he's precocious. <laughs> how, how old? He will turn a month next or a year next week. Ah, all right. Yeah. Hey, when he starts running, you're going to be glad you bought your own home. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. All right, with that, we are going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio as we celebrate Fair Housing Month in the nation. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And, uh, boy, I sure hope come September that we all forget about all this. <laughs> I'm sure hoping. Um, on the line, uh, I have Lionel Akpovi and Jeffrey Hess, and you guys are working with a group, and if you could tell us a little bit about that group to promote home ownership, and um, this is National Fair Housing Month, and that's something we really want to push. So, um, Lionel, take it away. Tell us what your what your group is. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Don, again. Um, so, you know, our organization is called Realtors of Fresno County. Um, it's a local chapter that we organized and started last year in 2019. Uh, we're part of the national organization called uh, National Association of Real Estate Brokers. And the purpose of our organization is to empower uh, the African American community and educate them uh, about homeownership. I think we realize that the statistics show that you know African American homeownership is is low, is extremely low. And our job and the purpose of our organization is to increase those numbers through education, you know, and simply just providing people with the information and the knowledge to be able to achieve that goal of homeownership. So it's pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of providing that information to people and making sure that they're aware that it's really not as hard as it seems. And our guidance is to be able to allow them to achieve that goal of homeownership eventually. Yeah. I remember giving a um, teaching a seminar one time for first-time homebuyers, and this lady walked up to me afterwards and said, are you telling me it's that easy? I said, well, <laughs> yeah. It's Anyway, a week later, they were in escrow. So it was that easy. And by the way, uh, them and their family have bought several homes from me now in the past few years. So oh, that's great. That is great. Those are the stories we like to hear. Yeah. So I agree with you. It's about education. It's about because the more knowledge we have, the more power we have uh, of belief and believing that you can and should do something is is important. So. Tell us, what, what's the mission statement of the Realtors of Fresno County? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, and it's really simple. It's empowering homeownership through education and community engagement. And so since we've started this chapter, that's been our purpose, is to reach out to the community, provide them with the information, educate them, and really give them the, the, the motivation to obtain that goal, you know, whether it's connecting them to the right professional, whether it's a you know, lender, just to educate them on the process of getting prepared and, and, and actually making that offer on a home once you've been pre-approved. And then at that point, 
you know, as far as community engagement is we've been involved in the community on multiple aspects. Uh, we were involved in, and I'm really proud of this event we did, is uh, back in around November, we were, took part in feeding a thousand families. Um, and that was a great opportunity for us to be right there in front of these people and providing them with the information and just being, being, a, being supportive, uh, right, about the struggles and, 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 and eventually, like I said, being knowledgeable enough to attain the goal of home ownership. So we try to be in front of the community. Uh, we did a major backpack drive um, at a local school on the west side of Fresno in which we provided back to the entire third grade class. So those are all part of things that we want to be a part of in the community because we want people to know that there is an organization here that cares, and that's really it. That's great. So this th- event you put on had uh, supported a 1,000 families? Yeah, so we were part of this event. Um, it was held at uh, um, uh, West uh, Edison High, and the event was to, to really provide food. Um, we provided food. To, we had a thousand boxes of food, turkey, um, canned goods. And not only that, there was educational information. There was dental service. There was medical service. And this was all put together. We, we were, again, we were grateful to be a part of this. I mean, Jeff and I were up there at 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, just the amount of work is, that is involved and the amount of people that were involved in putting this event together. And we provided food, we provided information, education, um, and support. Because I think, again, people in the community want to know that there are people out there that um, have their, their, you know, their best interest in mind. Yeah, and, and I have to thank you uh, as a fellow realtor that you're doing things like that because – as people show up for that, they see that, hey, you guys are realtors and, and you guys are promoting home ownership just by who you are. And uh, absolutely, that's good for all. So how does promoting home ownership amongst African-Americans matter to all Americans? That's a great question. And I think simply put, you know, I, the, the biggest, I think the main answer is it provides a positive impact on our economy and more importantly also you know it provides the opportunity for people to have generational wealth and i think that any person all americans believe in the power of generational wealth whether they're aware of it or not you know so i think that you know you know oftentimes you know we wonder you know what is the purpose of home ownership and one thing i always say home ownership is more than a right Okay, it's more than a dream. It's an American right, and that benefits all Americans because it benefits not only our society, but it benefits our economy. And I don't think that it could be, you know, there's not much more that you could expect. Um, And those are two major factors that really help benefit all of society and, again, all all of our economy. Mm -hmm. Excellent answer. Uh, Jeffrey, why, why should people not be afraid? to pursue the American dream. So I, I know I've talked with first time home buyers before and they're afraid to go get pre-qualified because what if they're told no, or they're afraid of not making it? What, why should people do this? Well, I think uh, part of the reason is that there's still uh, a lot of available 
credit out there for folks who think they might be available to borrow to buy a home and aren't sure. So you really can never hurt yourself by having additional knowledge and information so that you can make smart decisions that if you're not ready now, you could put yourself to be ready in the near future. And I think when I think Lyle makes a great point about the, the generational wealth we're trying to build, we're also trying to build generational knowledge. So for Absolutely. the 30 somethings that I work with, if the 30 somethings that I work with, if they didn't see their parents own a home, they don't know so many things that most people who saw their parents buy and sell homes know. So in addition to that wealth gap, we have a real knowledge gap, a base knowledge gap that we're trying to bring up in our communities and reaching out for more information from lenders, from mortgage brokers, from real estate agents, from everyone who's involved in the industry really helps fill in that knowledge gap. So folks have the confidence that they need to go forward with such a big purchase. I I love what you said, generational knowledge. And, and it's, it's almost like when your parents expect you to do your homework, they expect you to graduate from high school, then chances are you're going to because of those, that parental expectation. So uh, same thing with owning a home. Um, I know yeah, my, my really parents do. showed us that. And, and cause I mean, that is, that's where our thinking comes from. We believe that in the United States and in California specifically, there is a mechanism that already exists to help people build wealth over time. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, the tool to help families get out of generational poverty is sitting there right in front of us. And we want to make sure the most number of people have access to it. So Jeffrey, tell us about the steps involved. How easy is it to buy a home? And you, you're the perfect person because you just went through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, it, it's easy in the sense that no one's going to ask you to do a double backflip uh, like Simone Biles to get your house. Um, but there is a lot of paperwork involved. And I think that's going to ring true to a lot of folks who just saw what happened 10 years ago. Banks want to make sure that you have the assets that you say you have. They want to make sure that you can continue to pay back on the house. And that seems like a pain in the behind, but really it's for your own protection. That's to make sure that you're not getting into a situation where you think you have the stability that you seek and you wind up getting wiped out. Um, that's really the, the big risk that a lot of people think about, or I mean, don't really think about, which is you're buying a house for long-term security. You want to make sure that that long-term security lasts. Mm -hmm. So be prepared for a lot of paperwork, for a lot of documentation of what you do, and then make sure you work with a realtor who has your interest at heart. You know, the important part of it is interviewing, not just the one realtor you know, but go interview three or four. See who's going to talk to you that has the interest of you as the buyer to make sure you and your family are safe, stable, and secure for the long term. I just gave that advice to somebody who's moving to Arizona, and they said, well, you can't sell houses there, can you? I said, no, I can't. But as you look for a realtor, go with your gut. Who do you feel comfortable with? But before you, f you know, you've got to ask enough questions. Get into a conversation with them. And you'll find out if they're about them or if they're about you. Hats off. So um, uh, one more question before the commercial break comes up. Um, can you think of any short story that, that really rings true to um, owning a home? And that's. You know what? Uh, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Lionel. 
Yeah, thank you, Don, for bringing that up. And, you know, I, I hope I have the permission to, to tell this story. But we had a, an event uh, held at Fresno State. And at that event, an individual came up to one of our board members. Um, and, you know, he expressed his interest in potentially buying at one point or another, but had no idea what the pathway or what the process might be and how to proceed. And obviously, you know, with that conversation, our board member was able to, one, educate him on the process, but also provide him with a plan, a pathway to prepare to eventually be able to attain that goal. And mind you, this was something that was about a year ago. And so he took that to heart and he provided a structure for himself based on the guidance of our board member, the realtor, and use that guidance to eventually get pre-approved and be ready financially to actually make the jump. And not long ago, he was actually able to attain that that uh, that goal of purchasing his first home. And this is someone that is just out of college. And he had already had the mindset because of this event that was being hosted and because of his interaction with this board member that he used that thought, that conversation to prepare. And not long ago, like I said, he became a homeowner. And those are the stories that we like, and those are the stories that we want to to, to, uh, to, to be a part of. And again, this is all just simply from having a conversation about homeownership and what it takes to achieve that. And so, you know, we, we like that story. And I, again, I, I hope my board member is okay with me sharing this story because I know it's a personal thing uh, for that person. So, you know, just to give you a simple example of how quickly and how simple it is to have a conversation with somebody and to provide them with the education and the guidance to eventually uh, become a homeowner. Great. And real quickly, you do have an event coming up next week, I believe. We do. And I'm glad you brought that up. So we have an event coming up that's going to be a a live um, Zoom meeting. It's going to be a sort of form of a webinar live on Facebook called Serving the Underserved. And with this event, it's a panel, it's a discussion panel, and we have a representative from the city of Fresno. We have a very prominent uh, real estate broker that's going to be on the panel. We have someone from the Fresno Housing Authority that's going to be on the panel. We have a financial advisor. And so this event is going to be guided to provide information to the public on the various aspects of homeownership, whether it's programs, loan programs that are available, uh, whether it's housing uh, requirements on on properties. So it's going to be a a very good event. We've been very excited about it. We've been working on this for a very long time. As a matter of fact, we're going to have this event um, at a location back in March. But in light of um, coronavirus, we had to push it out and then turn it into a virtual discussion panel. So we're excited about it. We're going to be posting about the event, and it will be Friday at 11 a.m. So you can tune in to our Facebook page, Rotis of Fresno County, and you'll be able to follow in and join in on, this, on, the, on the live webinar. All right. Thank you, Lionel. Thank you, Jeffrey. And we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. You didn't know under that live oak, my favorite dog is buried in the yard. I thought if I could touch 
Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And now, to celebrate National Fair Housing Month, we now have another guest on the show, and it's Gloria Chavez, local realtor, who is president of NAREP. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning, Don. Could you tell us what you're president of and, and what your mission statement is? Well, I am the 2020 NAREP Fresno Madera uh, chapter of NAREP National Association Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And uh, our mission statement is NAREP is a purpose-driven organization that is propelled by a passionate combination of entrepreneur spirit, cultural heritage, and the advocacy of its members. Our mission is to advance sustainable Hispanic homeownership. Okay. And so I'm going to ask you a question that I asked the group before, and that is why... um, why does promoting home ownership among Hispanics matter to all Americans? Well, it it, it does matter because the, um, what we do is educate. We do educational seminars and events to educate our realtors and affiliates to empower them so that we will be able to go and serve it. And they will be able to go and serve in their area of influence in the highest and best capacity serving the Hispanic communities. That's that's exactly what uh, the face of NARIP has changed, where we would uh, go out and do community things. But what NARIP does, we educate our realtors and affiliates. That way they are empowered to go and just uh, serve the Hispanic community. And it does matter to everybody because... Once the uh, community starts coming together, it makes uh, the city better and our area where we live better. Homeownership is is pride. Yeah, and you said the word community. I heard a good one a couple of weeks ago. Community is actually, the real word is come in unity. And, And that's why it matters to all Americans. And you brought out a good point there. You said sphere of influence. Um, So whatever nationality you are, whatever race you are, you have family members. Realtors are infamous for selling homes to their family members. So yeah, so the the more the realtor becomes educated, the more they can educate their family, their friends, and their sphere of influence. And as realtors become better at their trade, that sphere of influence transforms into the whole community so i applaud you guys for what you're doing thank you yeah um let's talk about fear uh oftentimes people are afraid to buy they're afraid the loan officer is going to say you're out no way should they be no they really shouldn't be for the reason it is attainable and Personally, some of my buyers, I have said, we walk with you until the keys are in your hands. Whether it takes three, six months, or a year to clean up their credit, as long as there is a goal, and we work together by doing follow-ups with our buyers um, and giving them the encouragement that it is attainable. Only because they say no today doesn't mean no forever. Eventually, as long as you have a, a goal planned out, you'll be able to attain it. 
I remember a loan officer, his motto was, I'll never say no, but I will say not yet. If you can go out and yeah, if you can go out and do this and this and this, you can, you can attain it. And I remember way back many years ago, there was a naive buyer. Well, I'll start off. It was me. Um, I had an $85 collection on my account. And I remember the loan officer saying, why didn't you pay that? Um, and keep in mind, I was young. I said, I don't know. He goes, well, you better go pay it off. We can't make you this loan until you pay that off. He goes, you can't have any skeletons in the closet. Clean up your act. I appreciate what that guy told me. I have no idea why I didn't pay that $85, but um, I'm a little wiser now. <laughs> All right. Well, there's my story. Um, so NAREP is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. Is your group open to everyone? Yes, our group is open to everyone. It is... Um, we encourage and we embrace the diversity. You know, the thing is, as long as someone has the heart to serve the Hispanic community, to bring them up higher to a level and their mindsets and educate them that they will be able to purchase a home. Since many of them do not understand or feel that they are able to qualify to buy a home. Teaching them the difference of renting and buying, since renting nowadays, it costs as much as a mortgage payment. So yes, it doesn't matter the diversity we embrace it and we encourage people as long as they have that heart you know to serve all the communities that's all that matters so what steps should people take to uh, to get going in this pursuit of home ownership well the steps like i educate my buyers when they first come to me i refer them to one of our preferred lenders and lenders that's the first stop <laughs> because if you don't know how much uh, money you are able to purchase a home, then it's just like going out looking at homes and disappointing. So the first step is the lender. And after that, you know, um, I always like to educate them um, step by step on the whole transaction of purchasing a home and all the key players the key players who will be involved in, in purchasing a home because it's not just the realtor and the lenders. There's other dynamics and other people that are going to be a part of this. So uh, for the first time, home buyers, especially that roadmap of buying, purchasing a home. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Gloria. Can you think of a, a recent event or, or uh, that happened with one of your clients where they attained that dream of home, uh, the American dream of home ownership that really touched your heart. Can you think of one? Yes. Um, I was having an open house and there was this man walking by with his family and his wife and um, three little kids. And there was, came in and they just said, oh, we're just, you know, looking. And I go, well, I started asking him the questions and sharing that he was, uh, he gave, I referred him to a lender. Well, he didn't have a vehicle. And I, we had to uh, take the the purchase agreement to him. The, the lender went and served him. And he he's from Mexico. He he you know he's legally here. He's been working. He went and got his family, brought him over, and it was such a beautiful transaction because here he thought he would never be able to buy a home, and they were just walking. He and so we served him 
and took all the paperwork to him, gave him the keys in his hands, took the pictures with the balloons and the, the presents and everything. And it was such a great joy to serve our Hispanic community in that capacity. It gave me such a great joy. Great. And um, what kind of events does NAREP put on that can help educate homeowners? Well, we put a lot, we bring a lot of people from the outside of our community in, into our valley that will bring the latest uh, programs that they have and what, how we can serve them. So we'll, that's how we educate the realtors and the affiliates that what's new, what's coming through the pipeline. And just being on top of everything, and that helps us help our community and coming together. And one thing I, I forgot to say about uh, NAREP that I really need to say is that we have the NAREP 10, the Hispanic Wealth Project. If you go to NAREP.org, it's a 10 principles of how to become successful. And it's not, it's like, you know, invest at least 20% of your income in real estate and stocks. So it's a 10 principles. It doesn't have, you don't have to be a realtor. It's for anyone that wants to become successful in life. And this is how we educate the, our community is by bringing um, great principles and how not just to say it, but to show them a roadmap of success. Well, thank you very much. Gloria Chavez of London Properties. We are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. The house that we built in Fair Housing Month in the United States of America and how important home ownership is to everybody. And inside the realtor organization, there are lots of groups that, that work hard at promoting this. And on the line now, we have Elaine Stites of Eco Water Systems, an affiliate member of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And you are the president of aria this year good morning elizabeth or not elizabeth elaine oh god you're never going to forgive me for that one are you <laughs> no dan <laughs> okay you got me back and it's not like i just met elaine it's like okay i can't apologize anymore sorry so We're tell good. us We're what good. aria is and what do you do so Okay, so ARIA was founded in 2003, and we're a nonprofit professional trade organization, and we're dedicated to promoting sustainable home ownership opportunities for the AAPI community. And we do that by creating a powerful national voice for housing and real estate professionals that serve our communities. So we're a, we're a, we're a, we have 41 chapters over 17,000 members across the United States and Canada. And we are the largest Asian organization in North America. All right. It, and is your group open to everyone? It is. I, as you well know, I am not Asian and I am not a realtor, but I am still the president. I've been involved with ARIA for many, many years and I love the organization. And yes, we welcome everybody. So we are we, we welcome everybody who has the goals of helping our community with home ownership. So yes, it's open for everyone. All right, and so uh, realtors should get involved because um, hey, that's helping well, out with education. Everybody, you know, we're a very diverse community, 
And so everyone has or will work with an Asian consumer. So whether they're selling their home or buying a home, it's always good to just be aware of maybe some cultural nuances that are important. I mean, every ethnic culture has their, um, their, their food, their culture, things that are maybe specific to their ethnicity. And so just to be aware of those things, to better serve your, your community, it's always good to have just more knowledge in those areas that can help make that home buying process more comfortable on both sides. So we provide a lot of education, a lot of opportunities to understand the API community. And so it's, you know, everyone, every, everyone benefits because when everyone owns a home, Everybody else does well. I mean, we, we sell water treatment and we sell it primarily to homeowners. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, homeownership benefits the entire community. Okay. So you're bringing out a really good point. Homeownership does something for the whole economy because when somebody buys a home, it doesn't directly affect eco water systems, but eventually it will, it can and will. So we're, my, we're, we're up. We're at the Central Coast right now, and my husband left, kissed me goodbye this morning at 8.45 to go do a service route today. So he will be in seven homes today working with our customers, changing filters, making sure their systems are working properly. So, yes, we, we, you know, we are in homes, and we, when, when the economy does well and people, you know, their, their homes are their most, you know, precious purchase, right? I mean, everyone lives for that American dream of owning a home. So you want to protect your investment. It is probably the largest investment you'll make. And so people take pride in their home as they should. And so everybody, you know, plumbers, solar people, tile people, drapery people, we all, the economy really works off people and their homes. So we are all, we all do well when the housing market does well. And earlier you mentioned something that made me think of a particular client I had. It is fun as a realtor to learn about different cultures. Um, I had a Cambodian buyer one time, and he would tell me all the little cultural things that they did. And, but he also wanted to hear about the cultural things that, that I grew up with from an, uh, an Italian-American family. And it, that, was, that was a lot of fun. And everything was so different, and yet it was so similar. And, and the sim- exactly, yeah. The similarity the the is day, we just wanted a home. We're all yes. In reality, we are all the same. It's like you like chocolate chip cookies or peanut butter cookies. I mean, there's no difference. Just maybe a little, a little, a little variety. Well, he did have me over for dinner when. Uh, he closed escrow and I can't really say I like that second item on the menu. <laughs> well, you know, Aria, one of our upcoming events when our world opens up is we're going to have a taste of Aria and the date we was going to be in May, but I think that's too soon, but we're going to be having 10 local restaurants that serve from Cambodian to Chinese to Korean, you know, just 10 different types of Asian food. And everyone that comes is going to be able to, taste a little bit of the different ethnicities and cultures that are represented in the Valley. And so it'll be called the taste of Aria. And we know it's going to be a wonderful event. So we're looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you the question, why does promoting 
home ownership amongst Asian American Pacific Islanders matter to all Americans? Well, I think, you know, especially living in the Valley, we have one of the largest concentrations of Asian Americans here. And I think, well, I think all the ethnicities that are here, you know, Hispanic, Asian, I mean, we're, we're a growing and a large member of our community. And so when people purchase homes and they are vested and they have roots, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. There's a sense of commitment to your community. I think that, you know, we, we all care about schools, our kids, healthy, safe communities. And so I think when people have roots and they, they have investment in their community, it just helps our entire economy and our, and our, and our Fresno to be, and Clovis to be just a very safe and a very, you know, a very nice place to raise a family. So people need roots and they need investment and home ownership is a way to get that. I see. Do you, I know you've talked to lots and lots of people. Do you see some people being afraid to pursue that American dream or, or like maybe they can't, cannot attain it? Well, I think for a lot of people, especially first-time homeowners, it's lack of knowledge. Uh, my daughter is a perfect example. She's been at her job for 15 years. She makes a decent salary, and in her mind, she can't believe that she can afford a house. She, you know, she pays as much rent as she would a house, but I think part of the real estate committee, our job is to educate people on all of the programs that are out there, as many banks and, 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 and you know, mortgage companies that offer lots of programs that assist homeowners. And so I think, you know, we have a, we have a lot to do in terms of just making sure that the working community is aware that they have options and that home ownership is a great option for them. Yeah. I heard a good one this week. Um, think back to 1990, 30 years ago, and somebody who made the decision to rent versus own, well, had they, you know, how, how did that work out for them? They, they still have another 30 years of rent to pay now. Whereas had they bought that home, which probably had a median price of seventy thousand dollars, let's say, now it's almost three hundred thousand. They they would be free and clear. Exactly. Now, on my first home, you know, forty years ago, maybe not that long, thirty five at least, was I was at like seventeen percent interest rate. So, and I and I bought a home. So, home ownership has always been important to to our family and. You know, I love being a part of the real estate community, especially in the Valley, and I, I love being a part of ARIA, and it's a great organization. Yeah, and something to think about. You said you bought back when it was 17%, and people who are, we have to be resilient and innovative right now to sell real estate. You really had to be innovative and resilient to sell real estate back when it was at 17%. Oh, not just to sell think- it, but to buy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, my first house was at 1548 East Warner, and Joanne O was my realtor, so mm-hmm. I still remember that. That's how important it was to have a roof over my children's head. So, well, I didn't, yeah. It was, homeownership uh, has always been important. Well, great. Elaine, thank you very much for uh, call, uh, calling in today. We want to thank all our listeners for helping us to celebrate Fair Housing Month in the United States of America. God bless everybody. Thank you. They say gardening is good for the soul. Uh, Active digging and planting and watering. 